Stafford, do you know the words? That's why I've come. The words, Dappert. The words. Stratified society. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing there. <laughs> the words, Dappert. The words. Dapper bursts oh with God. light. <laughs> <laughs> Stratification. That's centered around reading and rereading Brandon Sanderson's ever-expanding Cosmere series. My name is Betsy, and I'm joined by Paladin Dapper and Bard Ritchie. <laughs> oh, that's good. Nice. I do see myself as a bard. All right. Well, just as Dalinar survived the battle at the tower, Ritchie has survived the New York City Marathon Woo! with his girlfriend, Kenzie. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Rich. What was Thank your time? You. Three hours? Uh, no, my time was like five hours, dude. It was tough. You crushed it, it dude. It was faster than I could do it. I'll tell Shout you. Shout out right to Kenzie. Now. Kenzie did it in four hours and twelve minutes. That's she, still crazy. She's incredible. You guys both killed it. That's like so many bridge runs. That is. I, I was thinking so about true, that. Betsy. Here's the thing. As I was running, I saw you guys on uh, Upper East Side, eighty uh, third and first. It was like mile eighteen. It brought me so much joy, like pure, like energy. It was so beautiful, and like I felt like loved, and I felt friendship and everything. It really, oh, you are really loved. kept me going. Um, and I thought about saying to Dappert, um, "Life before death, journey before oh. destination." But I was too tired. I was going to make, <laughs> I was I was gonna make a tired. poster that said that, and then I didn't end up having time. I was going to make a poster that said that. Oh, we should have coordinated. I feel like, I think feel like Devin was too. Yeah, I was like, it was like I was, you know, when I'm like fresh three miles in, I was like, oh, when I get to Upper East Side, I'm going to say, life before death, journey before destination, um, strength before weakness, all of that. But fine, when I got to the Upper East Side, finally, I was literally just like, I'm, I'm I'm miserable. I need to get this over with. I was just like I was in pain. I was like so desperate to give you the snacks that you said you'd potentially want, <laughs> and you were definitely really out of it. And I wanted to give you the time with your mom, but I was also like, take these, take these, take these. And you just ran off, and I was like, my one job. <laughs> he was like, I cannot believe I did not get him this banana. <laughs> no, I ate it. that's okay. I really appreciate. You <laughs> <She> ate it. <laughs> You just ate it like so angrily. <laughs> like, fuck, <laughs> failed. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, it was it was great. The whole the whole experience is very like Yeah, and the thing is there's so many people. The thing is I didn't know um I mean I didn't know what it was going to be like, but it was so dope. But people were handing out food constantly. That's why I probably didn't think about like even reaching out to get the like the food from you because I ate Oh, like, I know. I'm just kidding. It was it was just funny though. Yeah. It was, it was hilarious. hilarious. It was the first thing Betsy said when you ran away. It was literally the first thing. I didn't get him the banana. <laughs> I, like, I ate orange slices, bananas, Twizzlers. I ate everything. Twizzlers? Someone was handing out Twizzlers. Like people were so kind. They were so. Richie's kind. like, I got a burger. I got some fries. Like I saw like 
five drum lines at different areas. There was like that's church, crazy. Church that's we ran sick. by churches and there were choirs singing. Like it was just what? the most beautiful Ugh, thing ever, dude. Like when we hit when we hit Bergen Street, I ran into just friends I didn't even realize were watching. I ran into Kellen and he was just standing there. He was just like oh, Richie, so cool. and I was just I hugged him. It was just like it was crazy, dude. It was so crazy. I know. Um, Marathons like always make me tear up just because it's like everybody coming out together. Um, yeah. I love that that both Max and I got that one screenshot of you right at the finish line. Both of us took it at the same time, like long form and tall form. And yeah. you you were like you literally looked like Kaladin coming back from a bridge run. It's it's the way that I felt. I literally, Max and I literally did not said feel that. I didn't feel any like like you know, people were crossing it, like cheering and being happy. My only thought was, finally, it's over. I don't have to think about this ever. I don't have to run anywhere. I don't have to think about this. I don't have to like come from work and, and train in Prospect Park anymore. I was literally just like, it's. I can just, I can just walk. Didn't <laughs> you say that walk. you listened to Tress while you were running? I did. I listened to a, a shit ton of Tress of the Emerald Sea. Such and, a good book and then when that. we hit like bridges, I would switch back to music. I switch to music, and then I'd go back to Tress to distract myself. I'm surprised Betsy, you didn't I can't listen wait to like you to the get tower to chapter when you're doing the bridges, like because that sounds like it'd be crazy. Betsy, Sam is gonna love Tress. By the way, I know I should recommend that to him, or maybe we could like audiobook it or something. But yeah, we should think about how we want to like incorporate those books into our book schedule. We do got to figure but, something like that out. But yeah, it was very fun. We're so proud of you guys. And we really are. Thank I'm you. I'm sure all of the listeners were thinking of you too. Um, speaking of which, we did have a Kremling, a listener, write in with some awards for previous chapters. It was honestly the nicest email with the most hilarious awards. So, so we, many good puns. We have to read them. It was like the best email to receive. Um so let's let's do it. Let's get into some of these awards. They're not necessarily chapter specific, but they're all like around some of the chapters we've just read in like the past couple episodes. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah. So the listener uh, was Sam, and uh, first of all, Kremi Kremi Awards is catching on. People like it. They're okay. called the Kremies. Okay. <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it, and I love. I that. like the Kremies. <laughs> It's um, got a nice ring. I, what do you even mean? All right. Go okay. Ahead. So, all right. I'm going to read them off. This one's, this one was actually my favorite. The devil wears parchment award for Layton for, for making the carapace armor. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. It for is obvious good. reasons. For obvious reasons. For obvious yes. reasons. That one is so good. I'll do the next one. As a longtime watcher of all seasons of Project Runway, I loved this one. The Tim Gunn award. For Kaladin telling Leighton he needs to, needs him to make it work. Yeah, <laughs> and so this did give me make me think about how I really want. I'm not going to make Richie do it, but I want to hear Sedeus's voice say, "Dalinar, one day you're in, and the next day you're out," oh <laughs> which is God. what Heidi Klum <laughs> says on that show. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. My favorite one from Sam was the Subway Shit Sandwich Artist Award going to Sadeus for creating a Blackthorn sandwich on Parshendi. Get the tower today for a limited time at participating restaurants. <laughs> nice. That was, that was really that was good. a good, really quick yeah, like, disclaimer perfect. read. <laughs> that one cracked um, me up. We also had 
the Rosetta Stone Cold Fox Award for Navani. Because if there's a lost language she translates and Dalinar thinks of her when she... (laughs) Dude, the last episode was so funny because I added that shush shush sound for um, whenever Dalinar tried to think of it. Oh man, I, it did just come out today. I haven't, I haven't listened, so I'll need to go listen to you. You, you have made so many great edits with like the bus and the awards. Oh and yeah, all that. you, oh, you got to hear. I did something for Betsy's uh, speech for Dalinar. It was so good. I'm gonna put that on right after this. That's a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, thank you, Sam. Those were awesome. Please and send more. Those yeah, were really please, good. Please send <laughs> more. We really love getting, good. we love getting these emails. They make our entire week. Um, but yeah, guys, we are so close to the end of the book. I could be wrong, but I think we only have one section left. And when I turned to see, cause it lists like who the next set of chapters are about, it's Shalon, Dalinar, Kaladin, Zeth, and Wit. I was Damn, like, what? what, what a lineup. What is going what a on lineup for this like final, final section. I know. This is so hype, dude. I'm so proud of us. Let's, We've crushed let's this. Let's do it. Let's do it, dude. Okay. Let's it's only get been right a year. <laughs> it has, it's been less than a year. It's true. It yeah. has been less than a year. When did we start this? March? I want to say March, I think. My yeah, God. probably March. That flew by. Today, we will be discussing chapters 67, 68, and 69 of The Way of Kings. As usual, this podcast will be divided into a spoiler section and a non-spoiler section for listeners reading Cosmere novels for the first time. Guys, let's get into it. Oh, man. All right. Here let's we go. It. Here we go. Starting with chapter 67. Chapter 67. Words. Bridge 4 trails behind Sedaeus' retreating army. Kaladin is sickened by Sedaeus' betrayal. He wonders if there's no hope for mankind at all. The bridgemen watch Dalinar's army fighting hopelessly on the plateau, and Kaladin hatches a plan. They will fall behind until they are too far and presumed dead. Kaladin tells his men that they are finally free. However, he will have to go back and save the wounded. Bridgefor is unwilling to leave without him. Suddenly, Syl appears as a full-sized person and is watching the battle at the tower in horror. Syl speaks, saying that she knows what she is and honors Spren and Kaladin remembers the first ideal. He realizes they have to go back for Dalinar. With Bridgefor's agreement, he leads a charge to save the Colon army. Back at the tower, Dalinar grows tired, but when he sees Bridgefor, he realizes there is a slim chance worth fighting for. Kaladin uses his stormlight to infuse his shield and pulls all the arrows to himself, leaving him in shock. Kaladin suddenly flashes back to Tien's death and his inability to save him. Overwhelmed by his desire to protect Bridge 4, defiance against their death surges in Kaladin, and he sees a spear nearby. Seizing it, he runs towards the bridge and leaps off it towards the Parshendi. A voice speaks directly, urgently into his mind, asking for the immortal words. I will protect those who cannot protect themselves, Kaladin whispers. There's a clap of thunder, and Kaladin explodes with energy and light. A wave of white smoke bursts from him, knocking back the Prashendi, and Bridge Four watches in wonder as their leader charges, radiant like a living storm. Sick summary, Bets. That's awesome. It's so Sick. good. <laughs> so good. These <laughs> this, chapters are so good. These chapters are amazing. Crazy. This is amazing. Where do oh we my. even begin? There's like, I don't know where to start because there's so, so much. 
let's start let's start at the beginning so so they accidentally they accidentally or Kaladin takes advantage of a situation and realizes that he's free or, or that the bridgemen are free at this moment right and he's like this is we did it like we just literally did it we're done yeah and it's the perfect it's the perfect opportunity for them because it will make it so that they're able to be presumed dead so that nobody will come after them. It's like their one, their one chance, their one opportunity. And of course, Calden being like the kindest soul there is knows that he needs the men to go on ahead while he goes back. Yeah. Make sure that the injured are all right. That was crazy to me when he volunteered just to on his own, stay behind and take care of the wounded men, despite being the one who figured out the plan, who saved all of Bridge Four's lives, well, those who were still, who did who did all of this. And he does it without a second thought. He knows that he's the one who needs to sacrifice himself. And it's just it's just Kaladin to a T, you know? So if we take a step back and just imagine this scene, Dalinar fighting for his fucking life Kaladin and the crew trailing behind Sadius you know and they keep looking back they keep looking back and like they just pause for a minute because they're injured but he gives Kaladin this time to reflect and he can't he just can't do it he can't leave yeah it was interesting like he even had that I feel like there was a moment where he talked about this feeling of unease like even regardless of him wanting to go back to help the injured bridgeman he like felt unease about this plan that should be so exciting which obviously is him knowing that what he's meant to do is to help dalinar but yeah i mean it's just kaladin always putting himself first and even before when they originally were going to use the parshendi as armor um and he was like oh i'll die like even if i die you guys escape He's never had an issue with it sacrificing himself. It's, it's like I already said it. It's, it's him to a T. It, it's I love it that he just never reconsiders. And then we we get a full size cell. <laughs> right. I wrote the same thing. Full size cell. It's it's exactly what it is. He just like turns around. Funny. and Boom. It was funny to me because I feel like it's when she reveals herself to be an honor spread and I still have some thoughts about like what that even means but to me it was like this really beautiful idea that Kaladin's always had honor even in like his darkest moments from the very beginning in the cart sills with him because he's so honorable and that's like an innate part of him and that's this beautiful idea I still don't understand why she's suddenly really large <laughs> yeah um that that's a great way to put it though bets <laughs> because because you're right right like uh all throughout the book sill says to kaladin things like i'm glad you kept your word or i'm glad you didn't lie about this and cal always goes well why does it matter she goes i don't know it just does and i and i think you're right she's always like kind of been with him and she's meant she's asked that question before that I that is my favorite quote from this chapter, which is, um, "Are windsprend attracted to wind, or do they make it?" And she's she's asked that before when Kaladin just started getting these abilities, um, but it's a question. It's like a it's like a which comes first, you know, chicken or the egg question. 
but it's in terms of honor, right? Is Syl attracted to Kaladin's honor or or is there something happening where she's helping him find his honor? Is she like human size now because he's like expressing so much honor? I think I think it's because she can always choose what she looks like. I think you remember how she kind of like floats around like a ribbon of light or a leaf or anything like that. I guess she just doesn't need to be a small woman. She can be a normal sized woman. But what does that mean for other Spren? That's a great question. I have no idea. It's a good question though. This is our first time seeing an honor Spren before. Um, and this is, it's, is pretty amazing. And, and that charge that this, that decision to go back I love that all of those bridgemen who were just beaten down and hopeless before they just go, yeah, yeah, that makes. That they makes don't sense. even argue. They're like, they just yeah, no, we, we got to do it. Yeah. And I also love that it wasn't just about Dalinar. Like Calden, I think also he's thinking of the other like dark-eyed men that are supporting Dalinar in the fight, like the other men in the army, and he's thinking about how they don't deserve this either. I think that really urges him on, but. Yeah, when he is, like, thinking about his father's words about doing what's right because others won't and the tenants of the Night's Radiant and then calling to his men, that was really a moment where I just felt like, oh, my God, it's all coming together. Yes, mm-hmm. like, yes, to think about To think about the Bridgemen in, when we first meet them and they just, like, are lying in their beds and they're not doing anything and they don't respect Calden. They have no sense of purpose or care for their life at all to getting to this point where they with no thought are willing to like go fight for this, for Dalinar and for that army. Crazy difference. Insane. It's fucking insane. It is insane. insane. They don't, they don't make a single protest. He like looks at all of them one by one and they just nod. Like, it was never in doubt. They had been convincing themselves that they needed to go back. But it's like they, they all felt this way. They and, all knew. And and in a way, they all have their own honor as well. Like, it's not Kaladin that is causing Rock and Scar and all of them to turn back constantly and go, this is wrong, you mm-hmm. know? He he definitely is the catalyst, but, but they've all had something else as well. And, they're, and, they've, and they've changed for the better. You know, they're just all becoming better people. Or the, or the people that they always were, you know? Someone just gave yeah. them a chance. I love that, Rich. The people that they always were. They just needed somebody to to ignite the fire in them and, and exactly. show them what it was like to live again. Because it's, it's important, I think, now to remember, especially when he brings up how he's wearing leathery-faced man sandals, but not just where Kaladin came from, but what these bridgemen were like before Kaladin. None of them knew each other's names. All yeah. they did was sit in darkness or run bridges. They had like not only given up hope on life, they were already dead. Yeah. Yeah. They're like coming into their own agency and like rediscovering who they were even before they became Bridgman, probably, but also being like inspired by Calden. And there was this line where Calden talks about how this choice to go help. Dalinar and kind of give up this attempt at freedom is his choice and like he's taking back his life from the idea that he's 
cursed or he's being pulled and pushed by some like evil god yep he's making this choice and it feels like what dalinar says as well it does yeah it really does because they they start talking about how they're fighting for for hope again and it's how they should go out and it right right and it reminded me of of the story that hoyd tells kaladin which is of the wander sale which is the theme can be taken as the decisions you make, the choices you do, those are yours. Some of them good, some of them bad, but you need to own them and mm. stand and, and stand behind what you do, right? Oh so yeah, Rich. It's just a great connection back to that like awesome I didn't even story. connect that one. That's really yeah, good. I love I, that. that's really good. It all like Betsy said, it's all coming together. It's all coming I know. together. My my brain is like exploding. <laughs> <laughs> This one. Also, we can get into the like Tian flashback, but oh. just this moment since we're like reflecting on the Bridgeman, where they do the side carry. Oh and my I, when god! I was reading oh it, my I go, god! Oh, the side carry. <laughs> I know. Honestly, it's like it's just like it's 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 cheesy, but in a good way. You know what I mean? Like it's a callback. It's a great. It is, it's callback. exactly what it is. It literally saves their lives, and it's just crazy because he couldn't reach there in time. What am I gonna do? And it's like. Because this book is so fucking long, the callback works. <laughs> it's know, perfect. Right, the side I, was, carry. I was literally like, aw, the side carry. <laughs> like, Remember those days? Ago. 500 and at, pages ago? And it was at this same place that they yes, did it the was. side carry that got Kaladin strung up into the high storm. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I just, I just realized that right now. <laughs> he thinks that when they're going there the first time. He's like, oh, wow, we're back to the tower. All right, uh, this is where everything changed for him. But uh, he had this one line right at the the switch from Dalinar's back to Kaladin's point of view. It's the very first line. I wrote it down. For the second time in one day, Kaladin ran toward an armed Parshendi position, shield before him, wearing armor cut from the corpse of fallen enemy. That is just like, if you didn't know you were in the Sanderlanch, you're in the Sanderlanch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god! And then he has the callback to. I gotta say it again. He is wearing leathery faced greens sandals. Uh, oh yeah, Betsy, did you pick up on that? No. He mentioned that he <laughs> was. He, he mentioned he was wearing the same sandals of the guy, or the first guy he ran bridges with, which is, I think, leathery t- faced man who got. It is leathery like, faced. I totally forgot about him when you said that dapper the first time i did not i know what you were talking about <laughs> i forgot about him that you was don't like remember the guy so that long Richie's ago gonna name his kid after yeah that feels like one of the first it's, episodes it sucks that that's like actually camp- recorded for like life i was pretty excited just a little excited that. just a little excited to get into it there <laughs> oh my god oh, so good should we should we talk about the shield though what he did there right after the side carry when he realizes they're about to get completely wrecked by everybody in front of them uh yeah he brings in about like a hundred arrows into his shield it pushes him mm-hmm. back and like shatters the shield completely and everyone breaks his all, arm. all the bridgemen sees it and they're just like holy shit what what is happening right now not even the Bridgemen see it. Even the Parshendi, oh, the Parshendi put their bows too. down. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, nope. It's like they literally do the nope meme 
and they just yeah. run away. <laughs> They're like, oh, not today. I got kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fucking like with this. Exhausted. He's like exhausted after that. Oh yeah, it wrecks him. Completely destroys him. Oh, but what a scene! Like the image, just like imagine a funnel of arrows all yeah, coming like, from like, one like, area. Like, like three hundred, like the movie Three Hundred. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just converging right. It was also him. it was also written like really well too because when i was reading it i did not know what happened like i thought he did like i don't i ha- I didn't know what he did and then you realize oh he didn't really do like he didn't like do anything he pulled it all in towards him and was like blown back by mm-hmm. the force of it Man. it's like 120 arrows give or take just all into one shield yep. to the point where all the bridgemen drop the sh- drop the bridge and they're like okay 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 what was that what was that? <laughs> yeah, um, oh, Moash has a good has a good line there. He was like, "It was like a fountain of light, like the sun itself burst from you, Kaladin." And Kaladin obviously <laughs> is like in like withdrawal because he doesn't have any more of the stormlight. He's like right in now. shock. Yeah, he kind of goes back to a dark place a little bit, and we get that flashback to cool. actually seeing the scene when Oof. Tian dies. Right before the flashback, he thinks that he's proud of them anyway because they, they leave him in a depressed area on the plateau so he's safe. And they keep running as, like, call it 150 Parshendi line up with no bows but swords just waiting. I'm sorry. I just wanted to set that image of yeah, him yeah, looking you at You know, for sure. It's right Kaladin, like, like, huddled, huddled, and, like, in pain and, like like Betsy said, regressing mentally a little bit, mm-hmm. um, thinking about not being able to do more as these bridgemen are running to their death and he can't do anything about it again. He's, he's back at Amaram's army. He's, he's back with Tien. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's our last Kaladin flashback of the entire book. Just as a, I know that's, I guess not a spoiler, but it is a spoiler. Sorry. Um, it's just, of course you think it's that. And it's the most important one. Cause my God, that yeah. that whole flashback it was, it was kills you. I mean, we know we know Tien is dies by by now, right? We yeah. we knew that, but just to finally see it is it, it really is. Just, like, oh, when he when he finally reaches Tien and Tien smiles at him, it, it's just it's just. I it, know it hits you. I feel like it was cathartic for him to be thinking about that, and then kind of having this choice to kind of pull all his energy together and go after the Bridgman or kind of stay where he is and maybe wallow a little bit, which is sort of where he's been. His, he's been going back and forth between that headspace, like so a lot in the book up to this point. And finally getting past that and like pushing himself beyond to make the choice, mm-hmm. save the Bridgman. Um, and I'll, I'll read I'll do a reading. Okay, okay, yes. Nice. A reading from the book of Brandon. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. (laughs) (laughs) So Kaladin leaps with all of his stormlight off the ledge. Kaladin hit the rocky ledge, legs suddenly strong, mind, mind, body, and blood alive with energy. He fell into a crouch, spear under his arm, a small ring of stormlight expanding from him in a wave, pushed down to the stones by his fall. Crazy cool visual. That whole scene of like the rippling stormlight coming out from him is crazy. Crazy. It, what's also um, 
amazing, right? Is that like when he's like charging, Sill is like, Sill's like the words, Kaladin. Say the, the words, words, Kaladin. The, the words. words. <laughs> it's fucking sick because she's probably like, sw- like swimming around him, just like because she's like he needs to say the second ideal, and the words. A voice said, urgent, as if directly into his mind. In that moment, Calden was amazed to realize that he knew them, though he'd never been told to. Oh, though they'd never been told to him. I will protect those who cannot protect themselves, he whispered. The second ideal of the Knights Radiant. Just got chills. It's so cheesy. Just got chills. I don't care <laughs> it's, it's so cheesy. cheesy. I just got chills. <laughs> it's so, so good. cheesy. Well, it's earned, dude. It, it is, is earned. earned. <laughs> that is totally great. earned. I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. The second ideal of the Knights Radiant. He said the words. And also, like, okay, isn't it pretty on the nose that Kaladin is basically a paladin? Yes. It's Kaladin, he Paladin. Ha- Kaladin is a paladin. He all he's all about oaths and honor. Yes, better <laughs> than my amazing. Baldur's Gate 3 Oathbreaker Paladin. He's definitely yeah. better than that. And he says the second ideal of the Knight's Radiant, something that's been the Knight's Radiant, something that's been hinted at and talked about throughout the entire book. Kaladin is a Knight's Radiant. It's that's on the nose there. Not only that, I mean we'll we'll kind of know more in the next chapter so I won't say that part, but it it is such an image when he jumps the bridge, he jumps the gap over the bridge and basically says the words and then just goes ham, goes crazy. I can, t- I can totally see it. He like lands in the crouch. He's got the spear and like his face looks up. <laughs> 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 I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. Oh. Boom. Oh, 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 You are right, Richie, though. There is, I feel like there's a lot of similarities to... D&D. I don't know if it's just a fantasy thing, but we should do an episode where we break that down. Oh, for sure. Actually, we could we could we should do an episode where we assign classes to each of them. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think that would actually be really fun. Um, what do you think Kaladin's would be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but definitely um, a sorcerer. <laughs> sorcerer. Yeah, nice. Well, the end of the chapter, the one line that really stuck with me was when he, I think it was Moash, like, looks at him, and he's like, oh, my God, he looks radiant, like smoke from an ethereal fire. I mean, yeah, it's on the nose. And so we can finally say it. The man is a knight's radiant. It, I mean, it's so fucking epic, though. Like like, like I was saying before, Dapper, uh, yesterday when we were in the spoiler section, um, it's a big-ass book, and we spent a lot of time with Bridge 4. It is... All for this moment of all of them agreeing to go back and fight. And it, it feels really amazing to get there. And when I recommend The Way of Kings to people, I'm, I know I'm like, just, just, just finish it. Trust me. When you get, when you get to this part, you're going to understand why we all fell in love with the Stormlight Archive. Hell yeah. Cheesy or not, it's a dope scene. No, it's great. I, I, I feel like it's cheesy... In a way that I care about. Yeah, that's, that's like a it good feels way to think very it. it feels very cheesy, but as we've said before, it's very earned because we've been on this huge journey with Calvin, and it's like all coming together at this point. Did you have any? Do you guys have anything else for this one? Because we the next one's pretty big too. No, I'm ready. Should we dive in? Let's dive in. All right, let's get into chapter sixty-eight. Chapter sixty-eight, Eshenai. Teft swears by the heralds as he watches Kaladin fight like a storm itself, glowing like a tempest and swinging his spear perfectly. 
He knows Kaladin is not just the Radiant, he is a Spearmaster. Shaking off Tis reverie, Tef spurs Bridge 4 into action to protect their captain. We rejoin Dalinar as he and his army fight their way towards Bridge 4. Dalinar desperately hopes that the bridge is still there to save his army, and is shocked when he sees Kaladin's force standing strong against the Parshendi at the bridgehead. As he continues to struggle, finally feeling some hope, a Parshendi shardbearer steps in to fight him. The Parshendi soldiers form a ring around the two shardbearers, Dalinar and this massive Parshendi warrior, and Dalinar's desperate fight continues. Kaladin finally feels alive for the first time in many, many months, fighting with a spear as if it was a long-lost friend, the stormlight roaring inside of him. He sees Adeline break through the Parshendi lines, and Kaladin can breathe. After getting a report of his wounded and dead, Kaladin begins to take control of the army and gives orders to Light Eyes to begin the retreat. When most of the army is finally across, he sees that some squadrons won't go because they will not leave Dalinar behind, and at the forefront of them is Adeline, who is fighting desperately to get to his father, yet keep his army protected. Kaladin argues with the High Prince's son, eventually forcing Adeline to command the army's retreat by telling him that Kaladin will find his father. And Kaladin sets off at pace, bringing down a dozen Bershendi to the shock of Adeline and the Cobalt Guard. Dalinar hits the dirt. His fight is run. The Shardbearer cracks him over the head over and over again, shattering his helm. The Parshendi gasps and says, quote, It is you. I found you at last. Kaladin is there like the wind and breaks through the Parshendi lines, glowing. Another surprise to Dalinar. Kaladin uses a crack in the Parshendi Shardbearer's plate and wounds his leg. The Parshendi all collectively gasp in shock and start chanting, and they do not intervene when Kaladin puts Dalinar onto the High Prince's horse and starts retreating. And finally, the Alethi retreat from the tower to the Parshendi Shardbearer's salute. Whew! Wow. Yeah, what, what? a What a chapter. What a chapter, What dude. a goddamn uh, chapter. I mean, I just... Cue epic boss music when the Parshendi Shardbearer arrives. Dude, Kaladin, <laughs> so told, Kaladin told Adolin to do something. Like, I know, the there's so much to unpack. The worlds are coming together, dude. The worlds they are talked. coming together. They talked to they each other. They spoke to each other. <laughs> Wait, I'm just going to say it because I won't do it now, but that was going to be my award, was that the final boss oh. was the Parshendi. No, it, no, I just think it's funny that you thought that too, because... <laughs> I mean, it's it, so true. That's exactly so what true. Like, like your classic like video game music where it's like da 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 da, and it's like the boss is coming up. You know, shit's about to get real. <laughs> yeah, this is absolutely. big. El- El- this is big Elden Ring vibes for sure. Mm-hmm. He's, and he's like, really? Now you come now. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. That was very. That was very like like modern day Marvel like, yeah, like quip. It's true. Like, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, that was funny. But I guess just to go back to the beginning of the chapter to connect it to the last one, one just tiny little moment before we get into all the big ones that I really liked was Tuft talking about how Stormlight doesn't grant skill. Mm. And I felt like that was so such a great reminder about Kaladin. It's like he's got all these powers, but he's crazy with a spear. Yeah, the man's he nuts. hasn't shown he hasn't done anything with the spear up until this point. We no, haven't really seen him with a spear. in a chasm with it. Exactly. That's the only time. That in the flashbacks in the very, very, very beginning when he sees that he's good. Uh, and then when he kills the shard bear. But other than that, we know he's good with a spear, but not this good. They don't know that. Yeah. And I just love the moment when Adeline and Dalinar 
see that the bridge crew is helping them. Oh man, dude, this is so good. Actually, I I wrote this one down um, because it goes back to last episode when I was saying, like, in the grand scheme of this this whole battle, they seem so tiny. This little bri- this little bridge crew just trying to survive amongst the twenty crews. Like I said before, um, but th- but the quote is like the bridgemen were fighting. Dalinar gaped, lowering Oathbringer with numb arms. That little force of bridgemen held the bridgehead, fighting desperately against the Parshendi who were trying to force them back. It was the most amazing, most glorious thing Dalinar had ever seen. It's so fucking so epic. Good. It's so epic. Because Dalinar is huge and shard plate, and he's looking at these bridgemen fighting Parshendi, like keeping them back in order to save everyone. It it truly, I feel like a glory spren should appear right now next to me, just reading that. Just reading it. I'm attracting (laughs) glory spren. I will attract glory spren, just reading that. It is so crazy. And you know what? It's so good, too, to see like a high prince and a high prince's son recognize this, especially Dalinar. But we know just how disdained the Bridgemen are at Sadius's camp. And Dalinar's like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing in the world. And it feels validating because, I, I don't know, Dalinar's always advocated a little bit for the Bridgemen. Like yeah. he, sees, he sees value in their lives and I feel like that's paying off here. And, and this is a skip to the end of the chapter, but he looks at Kaladin when he's like doing the surgery and he's like, man, Sadius has been holding out on me. I can't believe he would hold out on me for like this. And that, that annoyed me a little bit. He's like, he still basically thinks Sadius for this. Yeah. He, I mean, he can't wrap his head around like why these people are so skilled. It, like you wouldn't assume that someone had been sneaking off training them yeah. every night. Right. It's incredible. <laughs> Not at all. Just like you wouldn't assume that he's a Radiant. And I'll tell yeah. you what now, there is no more hiding that he's a Radiant from Bridge 4. No. No more. From no. Bridge 4, no. But I, th- I feel like he's still hiding it from other people. Like I think they mentioned that he was like using the Stormlight, but only so much that he wasn't like emitting it. He wasn't glowing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and, and uh, another note is that as Kaladin was fighting... Um, he points out that the Barshendi, uh, they fight in a very respectful way. Oh, yeah. Where they, they weren't attacking Scar or Tef because those guys were mostly injured. They chose to focus on those who were fighting them. He even makes a comment where he's like, he found in the Parshendi the soldiers that he always expected to find at the Shattered Plains because they were fighting with honor. They, they fought with honor. They fought yeah. with honor. Yeah, that was, that was so cool to read that. And Kaladin was saying how he was going forward with the fight because kind of that's what he's committed to and he's going to see it through but he found respect like doing that combat man-to-man with the Parshendi yeah he said he respected them as he killed them and he felt the respect back like Mm -hmm. they actually not only were like focusing on him but they even moved the Parshendi that had the the like the the gems in their beard back so that he couldn't get the stormlight. And we like, see it with Esh, uh, we we see it with the um uh Parshendi Shardbearer. Mm-hmm. They leave that, they yeah, move there's all definitely away. something yeah. there's something going on here. There's a lot what, what? 
Nothing. No, yeah, even the Dapper's making funny faces. I know. So that's not me. I have no idea what he's doing. Um, yeah, there's something. There's something else going on here, and we're getting clues. And I, I, what I'm picking up on so far is that yes, the Parshendi are a lot more, um, a lot more like organized and smart and complex than anyone that's in LF Car predicted them to be. And they 100%. know a lot more about what's going on. And I think probably have a much bigger perspective about this war. And I think we get hints of that in that Pershendi Shardbearer fight. Right before we get into that, though, RIP Earless Jax. Oh, oh, that one hurt. So sad. That one really, oh, that one really yeah. hurt. It's crazy. Uh, Earless Jax, um, Malop, another Malop. one we... Malop, and those are those are the two we constantly were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, know. I know. Now we know him. Now we, we know him. Gone. We knew him. <laughs> R.I.P. Gone too soon. And then on to the on to the Parshendi shard. <laughs> True. What a fight that is between Dalinar and this Parshendi shard bear. Like Wait. this. This. Sorry. Go ahead, Richie. No, 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 no. Actually, go ahead. I was just going to mention Khaled and talking to Adolin, but we could do that afterwards. Oh, right? well, that's that's kind of after, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has yeah. the whole Avengers moment. Really? Now? You show up now? Yeah. And they fight. And Dalinar, first off, he may be in his like mid to late 50s. The guy is still good at fighting. He uses the battlefield to his advantage, and he like cuts the rock from below the this Parshendi shard bearer. And that it is just... What a fight. It feels like such a good final he's boss really, fight. He's really good, and I'm not, I don't want to jump ahead, but it did make me wonder like, if he did confront Sadeus, I feel like Dalinar would win. Hold, hold yeah. that thought. Hold yeah. that thought. Um, but then, but then uh, Kal- Kaladin swoops in and comes in and commands Adolin to retreat because his men won't retreat. I know. It's basically, it's basically a line, right? And, and Kaladin's like, well, your men won't retreat unless you retreat, and my men won't retreat unless I, I have retreat. It. He says, well, your men won't leave without you, and my men won't leave without them, so you will get on your horse, and we will escape this death trap. Do you <laughs> understand? He calls so him Light funny. Eyes. He calls High Prince Dalinar Light Eyes. Like, all right, Light Eyes, get on your horse. <laughs> He's crazy for this shit, man. He's just ordering around light eyes. He promotes someone. He does. <laughs> he he's like, that was so funny. I and that guy, that. that guy is just so confused. He's like, can can you do that? He's can like, somebody has to. That? He literally <laughs> says somebody has to. And then he uh, he gets into an argument with Adeline. He literally gets in an argument with him. And so it's so good. Well, uh, another thing that was um interesting that I have to bring up is that Dalinar's Horus came back for Dalinar. I don't know if I you guys. Knew I knew you were gonna bring that. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> so How did Dalinar. you know? <laughs> I'm just. I wait. I just want to point this out. Like literally, Dalinar's horse instinctually went back to save Dalinar. It literally goes. The horse winning. Dalinar looked up as shocked as Gallant charged into the open ring. Like what? It said when I was reading that chapter, I read that part and I I knew you were gonna bring it. Up. <laughs> it's it said the the Rashadium had come to him. How? where the horse should have been free and safe on the staging plateau. Like, let's fucking go, Gallant. Let's go, Gallant. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Two people charged connection. to save Gallant. They no, can right. speak to each other. <laughs> True. He can ca- cast to speak to animals. It was. It is fun to see Kaladin and Adeline together, though, because, like, they're both similar ages, and I feel like they have 
I don't know, the similar kind of fiery drive. So that was very fun to see them kind of like butting heads a little bit. Yeah, but you got to remember, one is a high prince's son and one is a slave. Like, and, and but Gallatin in this scenario, <laughs> like honestly, everybody's equal in this situation because they're all headed for death. It also, it also is another Avengers moment. It's like Captain America in the first Avengers movie jumping in and telling the police to like do this, do this, do that. And they're like, who are you? And then he like That's beats true. a bunch of aliens in it, and they're just like, okay, follow this guy now. Everybody follow what this guy. What he says. Do what he says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's well, it's so funny when he's running around trying to figure out who's in charge and they're just, they're just all gone. It's okay. It's not funny. It's sad, but like all of the Alethi officers are dead or dying. And so he's like, all right, well you're in charge now. Random second Sergeant. That is a light eyes. Uh, you go figure this out. I'm going to go save your, your hybrids. And, and Dalinar's men are very well trained. They just needed that leadership and Kaladin yep. exudes that shit. Somehow he incredible. knew, he knew that's what they needed in that moment. Yeah. Someone has to. He even says that. Also, I did just realize that that um, quote that I read isn't actually Kaladin talking to Adeline. It's Kaladin talking to Dalinar yes. when he's convincing him to leave. So yeah, yeah, just, yeah. we'll make him note of that before anyone emails us about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dude, the Parshendi spoke to Dalinar. The Parshendi leaned down and said, it is you. I found you at last. What is that about? I have... I have a trash man theory. I was waiting it. for it, Betsy. Beow, I knew beow. one was Bring coming. I really need theory. this trash man theory. Bring let's go. Let's this go. This one, this one, I actually think might be true. I'm the trash man. I don't want to say. I don't want to say it because I feel like people are gonna. I think it might be true. Okay, let's. I hear think it. that the Parshendi Sharbear is Dalinar. <laughs> like, Wait, explain, from the future. Explain, explain from more, the please. future or from another, like realm or something because he talks about how he's experienced it before but from the other side and he's like said those words before and then the Prashendi Shardbearer says he's been looking for him and that's such a classic like oh I'm I'm from the future and I'm looking for you and I finally found you to like make things right and set the course on the course it's supposed to be on so that's my trash man theory that is really Damn. interesting, but uh, anyway, well, we can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny that. But uh, I, I, that has been Betsy's Trashman Theory of the Week. Woo. And that was uh, pretty interesting, Bets. I like it. That's pretty, that's pretty out there, though. So I feel like we Fair. should actually like spend another second on that. So, moment. so Dalinar hits his <laughs> um, head, right? And gets so the, um, a little yeah. woozy. And it's kind of convenient. No, no, no. no. Dalinar does not hit his head. He doesn't fall over. He gets his head like smashed in repeatedly. What are you? Wait a minute. (laughs) You know, well, he he gets some head trauma. Let's just say that. Yeah, thank you. Right? And it's uh, pretty convenient because Kaladin's coming in glowing very brightly. So Dalinar is a little bit like, Am I actually witnessing this right? Is this Bridgman glowing? And it's just enough that he doubts it, you know, later on. We actually, I think it might be a Herald. Uh, say more about this. What, what are you saying, Bets? I think the Pershendi Shardbearer might be one of the Heralds. That's Very my second attachment theory. You know what's crazy? And this is when Calden beats his second Shardbearer. 
that crazy? Well, I mean, like, like, I love not, that. It's not, like a, it's not like a one-on-one fight, but yes. Okay, no, fine. Fair point. Fair point. But he is probably the only man alive ever who has defeated two shard bearers. Yeah. Full shard bearers at that, too. With like yeah, a and he doesn't. He doesn't exactly spear. do it honorably. He just walks up and just hits hits the person where the wound is over and over again until they they just can't move. So you know, I I don't think it's a fair fight to begin with, though. No. So fair enough. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, man, this is just. But it is a nuts how Calden speaks to Dalinar. I can't, I don't want to move on. And and that. Adolin and Adolin and Adolin calls and him Adolin, bridge boy. True. Who does call him Bridge Boy? Oh my God! He, he looks. It's <sighs> just. It's just a fun chapter, man. It's. It was, it was awesome. I know. And I think in this chapter, Dalinar gives his first kind of offer of safety to Kaladin and his men if yeah. they come with him. The end of this chapter is is when they are they're off. They are fi- they are safe. Twenty five hundred or three thousand, give or take. I think it's actually said next chapter of the original eight thousand. Or uh, yeah, 2,600 or something like that. Th- exactly. Thank you. And, but th- but they're safe. They're, they survived. And Dalinar has that saluting moment to the other the other Parshendi shard bearer, and that's that's something. And then he goes up and he sees Kaladin just getting immediately into surgery work. And he's like, "Okay, man, who the hell are you?" <laughs> yeah. Um, did you guys have anything else for sixty-eight? No, we get to see if uh, whether or not Dalinar will actually keep his word, and he'll be the only light eyes that Kaladin knows to ever do so. Let's find out. We're going into 69. Chapter 69, Justice. Navani barges through Sedeus' war camp, struggling to maintain her composure in the wake of the news from the Plateau Assault. She sees Sadius in his untouched shard plate consulting with officers and approaches his canopy. Renarin approaches and asks her if she's heard anything, and she fills him in on the rumors of a rout. Sadius allows them to approach at last but, and tells Navani that Dalinar has died. Navani calls for a brush, pen, and her burn ink, and she begins painting a giant glyph. Justice. The quiet of the watching crowd is broken when a messenger appears for Sadius. Dalinar approaches Sadius's war camp. He's alive. He and the bridgeman approach, led by Kaladin. He suggests that the bridgeman accompany the wounded back to his camp because he wants to know why Sadius betrayed him, and he's going to find out. Apparently, Sadius thought that this betrayal was necessary to fulfill his oath to defend Elokar and Elithkar, but he also was in it for the power. He reveals that he never tried to frame Dalinar for the saddle girth incident because it wouldn't work. No one would believe he'd try to kill Elokar, especially not Elokar. The king apparently knew that Dalinar didn't do it. So that little quiet conference between Sadius and Dalinar break up, and Sadius tells Dalinar to take his men back to his camp since their alliance has proved unfeasible. Dalinar keeps to his oath and says he's taking the bridgeman with him, but Sadius refuses to let them go. Kaladin watches with a sinking sensation, knowing that another promise is about to be broken. Dalinar bargains, offering to pay whatever price Sadius names, but Sadius insists that nothing will satisfy him. Dalinar then tells Sadius not to press him on the point, and the tension 
that has been easing between the army's resurges. Sadius demands that Dalinar leave, and Kaladin turns away, hope dying. As he does, he hears gasps of surprise, and he whips back to see Dalinar standing with his shard blade in hand. The soldiers begin drawing weapons, but Dalinar takes a single step forward and plunges the blade into the ground between him and Sadeus. He offers it for all of the Bringemen. Dude, so fucking epic. Epic is a such all a good word for it. All I will say is that throughout this book, Brando Sando does a great job of exp- of making you feel how expensive, how priceless, how magical and wonderful shard plate and shard blade is from like the first few chapters. Right? Actually in the first I think even in the prelude it's mentioned. They're mentioned. So by the time you get to this point, we as readers understand how invaluable like something like this magical sword is. And when Dalinar when Dalinar sets this down and makes this trade for Kaladin's lives, it is purely honorable, hopeful. It's just magical for Kaladin to finally be like in the presence of someone who is a good person, <laughs> like and li- and light mm-hmm. eyes, because the two do not go hand in hand. <laughs> so it is just wonderful. To him, it's he thinks it's impossible. Yeah. It's- it's definitely an amazing moment. We like let's just get into it right now. Um, <laughs> and and to your point, Richie, we've built up this idea that they're so expensive, they're so important, they are worth more than, as Sadea says, cities and cultures and so much. But it was so funny because when he gives it to Sadeus, I you feel like. Sadeus is like getting the short end of the stick in the sense that yeah. it feels it feels greedy and it feels like he's like succumbing to something and Dalinar is stepping above him mm-hmm. and you really sense it that does. in that moment. It does. And Richie sent this video on YouTube that I urge people to look up where it's like an animated version of the scene. And I didn't pick up on that when I was reading the chapter, but when I watched that video... It did feel like he's like, okay, like give me the shard blade, and it just feels like it's, it ugh. is the Alethi <laughs> greed. And um, even when you read it, by the way, that was that was um both of those Dalinar and Sadius were voiced by Michael Kramer. That is the audio book. Yeah, same guy. Yeah, that was the audio book oh, that I was talking really? about. That is why I do that Sadius voice because it's just so good. Um, so someone took that audio book and then made the animation from it. Um, but you're you you hit the nail on the head there, Betts. It does feel like he lost in this moment, mm-hmm. and um, I love that when you're reading it, he keeps like eyeing Kaladin, like like he hasn't like mm-hmm. fully spoken to Kaladin, but in this moment talking to Dalinar, he looks at like the person who ruined everything from the side of his eye, yep. and he's just like, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> and what's so cool to me about this moment is like. It's such a metaphor, and I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, Kaladin refusing the shard blade with the battle. Oh, my God. Yes. And then Dalinar giving up the shard blade here. And I feel like it's this, like, Dalinar and Kaladin are so similar, and it's, like, honor above the greed of the Alethi. And, like, thinking that the shard blade 
is everything and that's what power is and that's what being a leader means and that's what honor is and Dalinar and Kaladin are like moving beyond that they, into something they are. greater. This is so good. Betsy's Betsy's beautiful. Beautiful. Both, killing it. Both refusing. This is amazing. The shard the words, blade. Betsy, and like there's the probably words. so much more to it. <laughs> say the words. Say the words, Betsy. <laughs> the words, Betsy. <laughs> it's so true. They're transcending a stratified society. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Betsy bursts with light. <laughs> no, dude. And so also, true. we've definitely been playing way too much Baldur's Gate together because oh, no. when Dalinar, when Kaladin and Dalinar, and they're like, what is a man's life worth? I was like, ugh. Oh, that's a Withers line. Nice. <laughs> dude, no, dude, you you really hit the nail on the head. Like, I have never, I didn't even make that connection that this is literally, like, Kaladin rejecting the shard blade and plate because of, of it killing everyone that was close to him. And, it, and, it, and in a way, when I first read this, I was mad. I was like, Aelin, because I was just like, what the fuck you can't give up a magical lightsaber like 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 fantasy sword True. i was like for a brief moment i was just like i was like no there has to be another way not these not that cool sword but i mean it does make me for nervous sure, for sure definitely but, but you're right that there's some air of like somehow he lost <laughs> At the same yeah. time. Sadeus even like yells at Dalinar after. He's like, you'll be remembered as like as a crazy idiot for this. Everyone right. will remember you're dumb. Des- it feels desperate and greedy. And like maybe Sadeus feels like he's missing a point here. I mean, in the reality of all things, I agree with you, Richie. And I definitely feel very nervous about what's right. to come here. And the fact that Sadeus has a sharp blade and Dalinar But, but Dalinar's not wrong. But, he he yeah. got... Like how many priceless men, all of the bridge. Oh, that is. And he got I a knight's radiant. Chat. Yeah, tr- thank you, thank and you, he Betsy. Got a but she doesn't even realize. <laughs> he has <yet>. No idea. <laughs> exactly. But that's he got, why like, we know the better weapon. That's why we know that in reality, yes, Sadeus got the way worse end of the stick because, yeah, Calden's a knight's radiant, yeah, he, the first in thousands of years. Yeah, that's, hundreds actually. I don't remember when the recurrence was actually. But and like for a long time, Kaladin literally got sent to the bridge crew and became a slave because he refused the shard blade. And now he's seeing Dalinar, who's a light eyes, who he despises because of what happened to him, also refusing the shard blade. And he got sent to the bridge crew because fr- from Amaram, who was under Sadius. Yep. So he was fighting in Sadius's army, basically, and got sent there for rejecting it. Ends up with Dalinar for the same reason. It's great, crazy. So poetic. There's actually a lot more in this chapter I want to unpack too, because uh, well, there's specifically one major thing I want to say. I've been saying this to Richie now um, in every spoiler episode uh, up until now, and I can finally say it because we got to like the first spoiler part. That we talked about, like in the first chapter. I don't even, probably. Re- I don't even remember what you're talking. What are you? What are you gonna say? Oh, this is not that big. I just have been wanting to say "fuck Sadeus" in the non-spoiler section yeah. for a long time. And what he says to Navani and to Renarin at the beginning of this, it made me want to throttle the man. 
Like yeah. it's just so. I mean, yeah, gross. Like, yeah, She's like, like yeah. oh yeah, like I had to leave him. And he he died so honorably. Oh and, gosh, yeah, we gotta uh, go back and like we got our first Navani point of view. So great, great, great point, but Dapper, we should like take it back for a second. Um, Navani is fucking heartbroken, right? She finally oh, got wrecked. him to, to open up, and she finally she was waiting for so long for Dalinar to to be with her, and, and she yeah. lost him for a brief moment. Just a little like side note about Navani. I feel like she's so she's such a badass in this chapter, and I feel like we get a little bit more insight into who she is. And this isn't super relevant, but I loved the small moment where she talks about how like as a woman in this society she's always been able to like manipulate her place and kind of like maneuver her standing in order to help herself get to the best position but even though she's done that and she's gotten to technically the best position she still is like struggling for recognition Mm -hmm. and like can't get anything and when she like threatens to just start screaming (laughs) Honestly, I felt that. Like, I totally felt yeah. that. <laughs> no, absolutely. It was just, it's like to take up space, you know, and to be just mm. seen finally. Also, there was like a line where when she's talking to Sadeus and they say that Sadeus was stammering when he was talking to her. And I, I would kind of couldn't tell if he was pretending or if he was actually scared of her. And I kind of hoped he was actually scared of her. <laughs> I hope so, too. I hope so, too. I that's That's good. Maybe he has a crush on her. Who knows? They all apparently did. Uh, but how awesome was that justice glyph that she drew? She used four jars of like, what is it called? Burn ink. And just draws this huge justice symbol on Sadeus' war camp. And she thinks like in her mind at that time, it's justice for Dalinar against the Barshendi. But it's so much right. more poetic than and, that, and, and Dalinar calls it out. Yeah, and Dalin, yeah, and Dalinar and Sadius meet on on the glyph. They meet standing on the glyph, and that is where you know Kaladin, Kaladin's bridge crew, the, all the bridge crews, finally become free. Yeah, and on I don't the want to get into a huge lore talk but let's go betsy <laughs> just a quick question about how the glyphs like fit in because i is this the same as sort of what calden's mom was really interested in i i kind of always felt like it was a kind of um like old magic sort of hmm. thing is this their language or is this religion okay related? good question I, I can answer this one if you don't mind, Rich. Um, so the way that you pray to the Almighty in the Voran religion is you use pray, burn prayers, basically. You burn your prayers, and you draw your prayers or write your prayers in glyphs. And more than that, it's kind of the only thing that men know how to read. That's how storm wardens kind of write their their, I guess, their science on how to predict if a high storm is coming. They write it in glyphs, and even Kaladin can read some glyphs. The slave brand on his forehead is the glyph for dangerous. So think of it kind of just like as a shorthand picture thing. And then when you are also praying to the Almighty, you draw out the glyphs, which convey a prayer, into, and then you burn them. Like that's, that's sending the prayer to the Almighty. So what Navani did here was she drew a huge glyph as a prayer for justice. To the Almighty, 
It's 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 they're basically characters. That's maybe yeah. a better way for yeah, me characters. to describe it. Yeah. No, that's helpful. That's helpful. Uh, nice. Um, I was gonna I say was, uh, I did that one quick. That wasn't that huge. Of, that wasn't that big of a lore drop. Not bad. I just know we have a lot of. I other want stuff more to lore drop. About, but I did. I did want to <laughs> understand that. So okay. One more. Uh, another great. random point. Um, Gal- uh, Dalinar mentioned that his gauntlet was left behind um, at the tower, and he says that uh, because he has most of the shard plate, they can just regrow it by just using stormlight from the. Um, spheres and infusing it into the shard plate it'll slowly begin to regrow the gauntlet which brings up a question of like if 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 the shard plate split in half and you separate them and you try to regrow both of them which one would regrow right because said because he said that the gauntlet would disintegrate and it would regrow another gauntlet as long as he had the majority of the shard plate and used and used um the gems I think Weird. that the one with the most stormlight would be my guess, because then it would do it the fastest. Mm. It's a guess. I do not know the answer to that. I don't we'll know. Save it for the uh, scientific section of the podcast. <laughs> the yeah, science I'm a, section. I'm a little lost on the growing of the shard plate situation. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. all it is. What you just said is what it is. They can regrow shard plate. Oh, so oh, Bet's... Uh, to your question of, did you think the, uh, Dalinar could take Sadius right now if he wanted to? I will say that he only has twenty six hundred men, right? Is that how many men he got? Like he had left only twenty six hundred. Yeah, and Sadius had eight thousand. I think 000. I was influenced. I was definitely influenced by that video that I watched right before we started. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. That's I don't know. Fair. Dalinar didn't look as beat up in that video. And I was thinking if it was just the two of them versus each other, like I feel like Dalinar would win. And maybe Sadeus is scared of that. No, he was certainly afraid when he summoned that shard blade. Yeah. Sadius he was definitely thought afraid. Dalinar was about to cut him down right there. For sure. Yeah. And then the other aspect of this before we move on other than Sadeus giving or Dalinar giving Sadeus the shard blade is the little conversation they have where honestly I, I kind of laughed I couldn't believe that Sadeus gave up so much information to Dalinar but he basically just tells Dalinar everything and that he wants to kill him still wants to kill him and just all, all his whole plan, absolutely everything. He lays it out for Dalinar well, while they're just standing there, like right next to each other, whispering. Betsy, you were right. I think it was in the last episode. You, you, we were talking about why Sadeus did it now, why he did it, and you were completely on the nose, correct? Even though you hadn't read this yet, he saw an opportunity, and he took it. That's it. That is the only thing. Yeah, he wanted. He, he even yeah. says it's it's not about honor; it's about power. He does think Dalinar is going crazy and is a danger to Lethkar, but he he goes, I'll admit it's about power. It's about power, and yep. that, that once again is probably just thinking the Lethi. They just the Lethi. The Lethi are pretty straightforward people. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it it matched up with what I thought in the last episode, but I do think I was wrong. I think I was wrong in that. I don't think Sadeus cares that much about Dalinar as I thought maybe he possibly did. He makes it pretty clear that he really doesn't yeah. care. He says, I just wanted you end, gone. I just yeah. wanted you gone. Yeah. yeah. Brutal line. I just couldn't believe he would say all of that because 
now they're both alive and things are obviously things aren't going to go back to normal but once they go back to their two camps they have to exist with the fact that this has just happened and in my mind I don't know how this isn't going to result in like some type of civil war or something yeah Sadius the hubris on Sadius to say this in front of Dalinar is crazy and yeah like I think it really does come with the fact that he he thinks that they're in his camp he's surrounded by his 8,000 soldiers Dalinar has 2,600 people who are just literally beat up and on death's door. Mm-hmm. So he's comp- He's overly confident. And that is the definition of Sadius. He's just pr- proud, smug, overly confident. It will just say shit straight to your face and be like, what are you going to do about it? But is also a coward yeah. at the same time. And, you know, I would say that he he didn't need to... He, he It's not really an overshare. I would say that because obviously he betrayed Dalinar to die. Dalinar's never going to trust him again, so he could tell him a lot of the plan. But I never understood, and I still don't understand, why he told him about Elokar and the the strap and how Elokar knew that Dalinar would never do it. That's why he didn't frame him. Like, why are you giving that information away for free, That's right? Keep point. Dalinar guessing. That I still don't understand. I think it's a maybe a lyric device. or Sorry, a... a What's the word? What's the word? Liter- literary. Thank you. Yeah, lyric. Literary device. Just to keep. I it mean, going. it's yeah. just that moment where the bad guy tells you. His right. Plan. Exactly. We could chalk it up <laughs> to him. Fair. We could chalk it up to him. Honestly, being a little bit intimidated by Dalinar as well. Mm. Right. Like maybe. Pro- he wants to prove himself a little bit. Maybe. Prove himself, well, and also like maybe in, in admitting this, he can uh, live. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fair. <laughs> like, that's fair. And you know, it should we should mention, I'm glad you said he's intimidated by Dalinar. Let's think about what Sadeus is thinking right now, right? Yes, one bridge went back and saved him. One bridge. But they left him sandwiched between two huge Parshendi ar- armies that he should never have survived. At the worst plateau, the furthest away, zero chance of survival. And Dalinar's there, in his shard plate still, alive, able to talk, all those things. It's actually fair when you say he's maybe a little intimidated by him because I don't know what you're thinking. You think you leave someone no hope of survival and they just they stroll back in, not even that late behind you. It's crazy. So that's a good point. I would point. love to know what was running through his brain. And if we were going to follow like the cliche, the bad guy gives the whole exposition of his plan, would have been a perfect opportunity for Adeline to just... Swoop, cut him down. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. Wait, like kill him, like right there. <laughs> Isn't that the like cliche where the bad guy like gets too distracted talking about his own plan and then so Adeline sneaks up behind him and just yeah. stabs him. That's a, that's, a gr- <laughs> yeah. that's a great point. That's yeah, that would be that'd be something. And all of the soldiers just watch because they're fixated on the conversation. It's like in Baldur's Gate. <laughs> when yeah. someone's in a conversation and the other we'll sneaks up in. behind. <laughs> we'll click the listen in button. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, kind of, we still want to talk about Dalinar and Elikar, but I feel like wrapping up this section a little bit, it's, it's like, obviously, we've got this situation with Sadeus sort of hanging over Dalinar's head there's still a lot on the horizon that needs to get figured out but I feel like there's this sense that we've finally gotten to the I feel like we've finally gotten to the start of the story like Dalinar is free and and Kaladin 
and Kaladin is free. Like, I feel like both of them were struggling through issues with themselves, issues with their, like, external situation. Dalinar is, like, kind of back as the Blackthorn, but in a way that suits him now, like, honoring the codes and understanding who he really is. He knows what his visions are to some degree. Kaladin has sort of come into himself as powers. He's free of the bridge crew, and he, but he's with his men. Mm. Like, they're in great positions, and they're together. Like, these characters are together now. Mm-hmm. And we're about to, like, move forward in the story. Like, I have no idea where it's going to go, yeah, but it feels place. amazing that these, like, binds that were on our characters are sort of off now yeah. and are ready to, like, really move forward well i just want to bring up the one thing that really that really hit me like in 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 the feels when dalinar looks at kaladin and he calls him soldier it's like i don't want to hear it soldier i don't even remember what he says but he calls him soldier and that just like kaladin hasn't been a soldier in so long and dalinar in no time at all after seeing the slave brands on his head after knowing him as a bridgeman just immediately sees him change in his eyes and i love that yeah. and 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 that's what calden left home to be at yeah. the very beginning so of the story so true he left home to be a soldier um, i also uh left this out of the summary because it was just fun to talk about but there is more that happened in this chapter that we have not gotten to yeah, um, yeah it wasn't in the summary i was wondering why you didn't have so, it in the summary. i honestly just forgot but <laughs> we, <laughs> we cut to the next scene and <laughs> dalinar with his soldiers guarding, his his most trusted soldiers guarding Elokar, gives them a little nod, walks into the room, and plants a fucking foot right into the chest of Elokar, something that all of us have wanted someone to do for a while now, and it's amazing. I loved this scene so much, and I don't know if you'll agree, Richie, but that moment where Dalinar like kicks Elokar, that felt very anime yeah. to me. It's, yeah, like, yeah. His foot like square on his chest and he goes flying. <laughs> yeah. Like I've totally seen that before. <laughs> so yeah, funny. just flies it's just back. It's so funny that Elokar is just like, oh, hey, he has no idea. That no clue. Sadius he's got is just no clue. Down on, he's lost 5,000 men. And to, uh, Elokar in his, his dumbassery is just like, oh, what's up, uncle? Have you figured out who's trying to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> just gets absolutely he's body. like you know i don't like that like when you make me look yeah, bad yeah it's literally what he's saying and, and he even brings up these r- crazy rumors about you and my oh mother my God. i know nothing could be happening but we can't have that happen uncle yeah and just gets and then and immediately just goes guards guards and just gets absolutely beat the fuck up by dalinar it's so amazing and and we I do think dalinar proved his point though <laughs> i right? do think that and and then uh Elokar. Also classic Dalinar though, like literally beating up Elokar and then being like, but it's because I love you. (laughs) I love you like a son. But it's true. He does. He really does. He's just so fucking annoyed with his bullshit. You have weird paternal instincts, uncle. In a Dalinar way. (laughs) If I wanted to kill you, you'd be dead. Let that be a lesson to you. And by the way... Mm. By the way, I'm dating I'm, your mom. I'm dating your mom now. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's Honestly, Elikar <laughs> needed some like tough love. I yeah. feel like he needed somebody to be a little tough with him and like speak the truth to him for once. 
Um, but you're right, Bets. Yeah. We, you said that this is like the beginning. It feels like the beginning of the story. Like, uh, like it's finally all coming together. Dalinar tells Elikar that he's going to announce that he's going to be the high prince of of war. He's He is going to unite mm-hmm. the, these camps and they're going to like finish this. I love his analogy. He's been treating them like adults, but they're just squabbling children. So I'm going to treat them like squabbling children and enforce them to like figure this out and be adults. I and love you know that. Who I Dalinar, that you know who Dalinar sounds like in the scene? He sounds like Kaladin. Yeah, he does. Like when Kaladin was talking to Adeline and Dalinar and like asserting himself. Like that's exactly what this feels like. It's exactly um, what it is. He's doing that to the king. And we find out that Elikar faked the saddle. Yeah, talk about truth. Cut his own fucking saddle. It was so annoying. Bets, when we were talking about this at the beginning, <laughs> the minute that Elikar was like set set down on the path of like trying to figure this out, when Dapper and I were in the spoiler sections, we're just like, oh, this fucking guy. Because like, we obviously we know, we knew from the beginning <laughs> that Elikar cut his own saddle. So every time you read about him, Talking about it, we're just like get get over it. Stop. God just damn it. Stop. <laughs> like, yeah. I just I just like, I'm like someone please kick this man in the chest with shard plate. <laughs> like please. <laughs> oh my god. Now I want to like go back and make sure I wasn't like theorizing for like five minutes about. Who <laughs> got oh, I'm sure you were. Flashback to the, like the like the second oh, episode sure. Betsy Trashman theories about who cut the saddle. <laughs> like. Elicar cut his own saddle. <laughs> I there's maybe there's a chance he said that. I'm there's a chance he said that. <laughs> the Parshendi Shardbearer is Dalinar. <laughs> the chasm fiend cut the Someone, saddle. We should write these down because we're gonna, Teft wants no, to kill. Wait, we actually should Paladin. because we're gonna we're gonna forget. No, you said Mawash. You said Mawash. Mawash. You said Mawash. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, but you gotta write these down because you're gonna forget as we go along some of the fun ones you had in the beginning and some of them who made that make them true but that was the climax guys yeah that was that was, that was incredible that was it that was incredible man that's so much fun we have hit uh, most of the things by this point that richie and i talked about about way of king spoilers throughout like the entire book and, oh, wow. and most of those i mean it's not the entire spoiler sections do not go listen to them betsy just the things that we referred to from, from specifically this, from this book, yeah. Way of Kings. <laughs> uh, we've hit most of them. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It feels weird. Like, if anything, our spoiler section should be light-ish. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very confident yeah. it will be. Because this was all the build payoffs. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it is because I know this episode's been really long. But it's been hey, fun. You know, it, you know, we knew it was oh, going to happen. All right. We so knew awards. it was going to happen. <laughs> awards. Um, we're getting, we're, let's, uh, let's give out some crummies. Okay. I'll do the confidence gets you anywhere award. And I'm going to get, give that to Kaladin for truly embodying that. All you have to do is be confident and you can start ordering soldiers around. Mm-hmm. Even yes. a high prince. Very good. That's good. I love that. I'm going to give the... I said it in the podcast, so that was stupid of me, but I'm going to anyway. I'm going to give the gone too soon but never forgotten award to Earless Jacks and Malop. That one hurt. Yeah. Awesome. I, Bridge I, four. I think we should have a standard award now going forward called the Earless Jacks Award, where we give it to background characters who die honorably. 
or in an amazing fashion. Mm. Yes, agreed. Well, gone too soon, but forever in our hearts. In, in memoriam. Um, and then uh, this one's pretty obvious. I'm going to give the um, No Man Gets Left Behind award, and it goes to our favorite boy, Gallant, the horse who came back to nice. save Dalinar's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was like, "Is he gonna say Dalinar? Is he gonna say Gallant, <laughs> the horse Rashadium who ran through a bunch of Parshendi to save Dalinar?" Can't wait for Brandon to write his story. Mm. I'm gonna give the Scotty doesn't know award <laughs> to Elikar <laughs> nice. because Dalinar is dating Navani. <laughs> I'm gonna hop on that and just give Elikar's mom. <laughs> I I had one. I had the your mom. I had the your mom award. (laughs) That's that's the best one, Dapper. Scotty doesn't know. That's fucking hilarious. No man, that's all I wrote. Those are most of mine. I had the sister act award for Dalinar and Kaladin because I just felt like they were two peas in a pod. This episode, I I always say that this chapter. What'd you say? What'd you but say? they were this episode too. So, <laughs> um, all right. Well, I believe that is the spoiler bus coming here. My vision's getting pretty bad. I was wondering what that sound it looks was. Like Damn. it's uh, running express this time, so there are no local stops. So if you are not fully prepared, this is where we leave you, Kremlings. We're going into the spoiler section. Uh, our conversations are going to be centered around these specific chapters, but it's going to be in the context of all Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere series. Stormlight, Mistborn, Warbreaker, Elantris, White Sand, Arcanum Unbounded, Trust of the Emerald Sea, and Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. So if you are caught up, stick around. And if you'd like to contact us, our email address is highlyinvestedpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at highlyinvestedpodcast. Until next time, Kremlings. I don't think I've ever laughed so hard recording an episode before. That was hilarious. That was Bob was so funny. That was hilarious. Dude. I feel like I was laughing the whole time. And we are back in the spoiler section. Me and the Dapper Man. All right. She really needs to stop doing this, dude. The fact dude, that she got Adeline Betsy, killing Betsy Sadius. said that Adeline should just kill Sadius right there. And right she, there. She, dude, what, what the That's fuck? All, that was actually amazing. <laughs> that was actually fucking amazing. She's like, I, she's like, why doesn't Adeline just kill him right there? And it's just so true. And we ha- we both like had just like a moment. Like, <laughs> wait, did she just say that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there was something else that. I, oh shit! I I actually, I almost said Eshonai. You, you well, just dis- when describing the shark. Yeah, thing. that's what I was like. This to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's no way she picked up. No, 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 no way, no way. Hell. But I, because I literally was like something, something, and I go the Parshendi shard bear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was actually a very good cover, yeah. Rich. It was a I very also good have cover. trouble because I keep saying I keep almost saying she and her, and which is like a, mm. a dead giveaway because the assumption is that it's it's a. It's I I loved that by the way yeah. in that chapter the the misgendering is just so potent. Because he have no he, idea. He even meant, yeah, he has no idea. He does mention that he thinks he fights women Parshendi every now and then, but like he just assumes yeah. that this Parshendi is a is a man. And I 
Honestly, I love that from Brandon. I really do. Interestingly enough, um, Michael Kramer does a very like like deep voice for when Esher and I speaks for the first time. I wonder if even he didn't know when he when he did it. You know what I mean? Mm, he, Michael Kramer. Yeah, he Michael may not Kramer. Have. I don't. He, if he did, he he probably would just not. I don't think he do uh, the, yeah. the higher voice. Yeah, for, I definitely don't think he knew because he did like a very like like deep voice for Escher Knight at that moment. I'm and I have to go listen to that. And I doubt that he'll do that going forward when we get like Escher uh point of view chapters. Well, I, I do have a few things I want to want to bring up. Yep, nothing crazy. More like some like there was a clear Easter egg, including Escher Knight's name being the chapter. But right. the clear Easter egg, it's not some angry God watching me when Calden says that. I'm like, all right, dude, come on. Because it like, is. Brandon, it is really? Because like, like, Odium is like around here. Like, it is literally yeah, the, literally. God of, the God of basically anger. basically there. God of hatred. Like, <laughs> you couldn't just say like wrathful or or just even like just some bad God. I don't know. But he had to even use the word angry for Odium, which is hatred. Uh, and that, uh, such an Easter egg. Another one, I'm just going to rattle them off. Um, uh, there's a line that says, even Dabid joined them in the fighting. Uh, he hadn't spoken since being wounded on that first bridge run long ago. In, re- mm. in reality, Dabid chooses not to speak and can speak that we find out in Rhythm of War, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. He knows he can get away with a lot more if everyone thinks he's an invalid. Mm-hmm. And and he, he uses that to his advantage. He really he does. does. He, Mainly he in does. He doesn't want to be um, mistreated based on the way he speaks, which is awesome. Yep. Because he's like, a, I forget what it is. He stutters or, or something like that. He he honestly has like some sort of disability. Like, so he just thinks yeah. about the world a little bit differently than everyone else. Um, and because of that it's harder for him to form words sometimes and he'll struggle and that and he doesn't want people to think that he's stupid because of that so he chooses not to speak so it's very mm, it's very it's it. sad but it's it, he has his moments in rhythm of war which i love he does say his first words though in rhythm of war yeah life before death oh sick. god i love this book sick. i love this book series <laughs> um all right so oh, what man. else oh oh um when Kaladin says the second ideal, Moash says something just changed, uh, something important, and I think that's pretty. And barely even knows. Yeah, that's pretty nice. God, it's crazy to think about, right? Like, just just give a second for Bridge Four. Basically, by accident, unless you believe in fate, and I don't know if I would when it comes to Cosmere stuff, you get Moash, future Vire, future betrayer of humankind, he who quiets. Uh, Odium's real champion. Obviously, that's not a spoiler for Stormlight Five. I have not read it, but the guy who champions Odium is that what you, is, is that what you think? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm getting at. Oh. Sorry. Uh, you also get Sigzil, uh, Wits, Apprentice, Future. You know, like something, and really cool dude. And th- the fact that he worked with Wit, like, and then you get Kaladin, and you have like, Rock, Knight's Rock, Rock like, who is what is a, you have Rock who is potentially ridiculous. born in a perpendicularity or something because can clearly see yeah. Spren and has a huge connection to uh, to the spiritual realm, right? Because uh, you know what, that's not fate to me. That's cultivation. It must be, and it's also it also emphasizes that this is the worst trade in the history of trades for <laughs> fucking Sadius. <laughs> you 
it is so amazing, dude. And Betsy even yes. Betsy even picks up on it and is like, oh it feels God. like Sadius lost in this moment, and he did. Mm-hmm. Not not only did he give up one radiant, he gave up fucking all of them. All of they them. They were all radiants. <laughs> They were all radiance, and I, I hinted at that also in the non-spoiler section when I said that they all had their own honor. That that all of them looked. Oh, bad. you know, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Well, hit they it. all had their own honor, Spren, and they like who were probably watching them as well, and they all looked back and and wanted to save Dalinar in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that moment, the the honor Spren probably a lot of them decided that they will start coming back not obviously a lot of them that was my comment on this by the way when she said oh i'm an honor spread binder of oaths all that stuff if only other honor spread were you know honorable well yeah that's the whole thing of like what is honor and how do they define it um that well honor is dead we know that (laughs) yeah um but honor spread are they keep to whatever they decide that is because they are the definition of it so they can decide what that means so annoying so yeah, it's a little tricky. They believe that they create honor, which yeah. is why I like what Sill's question is. Are they attracted to it or do they create it? Um, what else did you have in here? Because I, uh, I I, did have one other question, and it's something that really stood out to me. Oh, yeah? Kaladin felt a rhythm in him. Yeah, I, I saw you wrote light. that down. I didn't even pick up on that line, but he read – He he's feeling um, – the pure tone of Roshar. Yep. Which is pretty fucking sick. That one, like, that blew up in my face. When this, that, this is my third reread, reread, which is why. This is my third read through, not my second reread. So that's why I wasn't why even following that, to be honest with you, but I, I, get, I get the point. This is the third <laughs> time I am reading this to, book. You don't have to go. You don't have to explain it. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, well, that's why I think that one stood out to me, because... You know, I've recently read Rhythm of War. A lot of this stuff is not new to me, and so new stuff will stump, jump up. But, you know, Brandon's thought this all out, man. He knew back then about the pure tones and the way no, the music for sure, works for and sure. all this. The, the musical connection to Roshar is, is so fascinating, dude. Like, I, 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 want, I want to know about the Dawn Singers. I want to know how this know. world was before Odium and Honor clashed here. So it, it truly is awesome. But uh, seeing uh, Eshonai, seeing Eshonai, oh, man. Mm. Eshonai suffering just just wants to end this war. They're all in this war, and they don't want to be here. You know, and the Parshendi, they fight with such honor. They're respectful, wonderful, loving creatures. Uh, and it just sucks that they're even in this position. And I like, I still feel bad every time. Kaladin kills some of them, you know. I know, he has that whole thing in these chapters. Yeah, I know. It just it feels it feels bad because I just like I really love the Parshendi and they 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 take nothing but L's and they have been for like they their whole really their, do the poor their whole ancestors man. the listeners exactly the singers oh. all of them are just taking huge L's on their own planet, <laughs> you know, L, like L L, 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 L after L. 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 <laughs> it's just yeah i just i feel even their god betrayed them yeah for the humans and then they got the shitty god like it's that's just no fun poor guys well maybe poor they girls. betrayed honor because remember they've forgiven the spread, us yeah the phrase they've forgiven us which means that that they did something but we'll, i've read that chapter so many goddamn I, times <laughs> i've read leshwi saying that to venley so many I know, times i know i just re-listened <laughs> to it too 
and she literally asks after a specific spread. Oh, that was so like, sweet. Was a that was so sweet. She's like, "Do you know this person?" <laughs> it's so cute, dude. It's amazing. Um, so what what, what uh, did you have about chap uh, chapter sixty nine's epigraph? Oh my god, dude! I texted it to you. Chapter sixty nine's epigraph is is the end of the book. It's it's the end of book five. It is. All is withdrawn for me. I stand against the one who saved my life. I protect the one who killed my promises. I raise my hand. The storm responds. Okay, let's let's just break it down. It's Dalinar losing the contest of champions. All is withdrawn for me. I stand against the one who saved my life. Kaladin. He's, he stands against him. I protect the one who killed my promises. Oh. Teravangian. Uh-huh. Teravangian literally betrays Dalinar. And and betrays his promises. I raise my hand. The storm responds. Who is Dalinar bonded to? But you don't think by becoming Odin's champion, end, he that would be a broken oath with the storm. Well, father? I think it's him losing the contest of champions, mm-hmm. and that's also an oath. I can see this. I can totally see it. I can see. It. I mean, I can't think of anybody else right now, but it is vague enough where it's like anyone who protected somebody or who was protected could be. Uh, the person in this, but Dalinar does fit very well. I mean, to be fair, it is also, it, it could be Kaladin at the end of the next book against Moash. I stand against the one who saved my life. Moash, I protect the one who killed my promises. Elokar, I raise my hand in storm response. So yeah, it can't just be Dalinar, yeah. but to me, I read that and I went, holy shit. I did. I like that Betsy's starting to pick up on these death rattles because it'll make the ending reveal of Caravan Jin gonna be very. It's gonna be very nice, very nice. That's coming. It's coming soon. So did you have? Did you have Uh, anything else? Well, who's the bright caller? Is that just another name for the Almighty? Drahi says it by the bright caller's rays. I've even coppermined it, and it just brings up Drahi. Never. Yeah. Nothing. I've never heard that phrase before. That's just a. It's just a random one for from Brando. I think it must be, but just about the Almighty. Right caller. That's interesting. Right? Right? It sounds like it should be something. It sounds like it should be a swear. It sounds like it from, should be uh, World Hopper. It sounds like it's it would be um one of those returned from Warbreaker, to be honest with you. It really does. Like blush weed. It really does. And, and Warbreaker, yeah. But yeah, I don't know what that is. Well, the copper mind on Drehe is just Drehe was on bridge four when Kaladin began trying to save the men. That's it. So there's not much more, unfortunately, about him. Okay. All right. But yeah, man, electric three chapters. This is this is the pinnacle of Wave Kings for me. It really is. Drahi is with Rock and his family to the Horn Eater Peaks before returning the Shattered Plains for Tef's funeral. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Spoiler, friends. I know I just brought up Tef dying again. Oh, I just can never stop thinking about it. All right. Well, no, that is everything for me. I, uh, I mean, Cal and Adeline have their first argument. Yay! There's going to be a lot more of that. Calls him Bridge Boy. Yay. Absolute bromance be between oh. uh, Cal and, and I wrote coming in. <laughs> I wrote. I'm so excited for their thruple. Yeah, it's, it's clearly a thruple <laughs> beginning here. Clear thruple. Clear thruple. Totally agreed. Um. All right. Oh, well, uh, I'll take us out. Thank you to the Kremlings who have ventured into the spoiler section. Even those who probably shouldn't be here uh, but just are curious uh, we welcome you anyway Um, and uh, the next couple of chapters we're reading Dappert 
will be... Uh, the next chapters that we will be reading are going to be chapters 70, 71, and 72. Sick. So if you guys have any awards you want to send in, send them in as early as you can. Maybe we can read them on the, on the, on the podcast. That would be super fun. Like we said before, follow us on Instagram at Highly Invested Podcast and send us an email at Highly Invested Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you guys next time. Welcome back. We are Highly Invested, a podcast centered around reading and rereading Branders. Oh my God. <laughs> Hi, all, and we'll stop. What? We're getting into it. What did you just say to me? I said, I said Brander. <laughs> okay, we've got a lot to get through. Okay. Oh, man.